1: Cooley's with us today and the goal is simple. We're going to get his recap of Washington's draft and we're going to talk about Bill Barnwell's column about the teams that he deems to be teams that could put together the package for Aaron Rodgers, packages that Green Bay might consider. Uh, We will do that second to the draft conversation. With that said, Cooley, I am just going to mention this quick uh, tweet that I got after my radio show this morning. Um, from Joe who says, Sheehan, he's won one Super Bowl. Why are you gushing over Aaron Rodgers? Um, Well, that's true. Like, if he's as great as I think he is, why hasn't he won as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady or as Peyton Manning, uh, too? Um, You know, he's been in a hell of a lot of opportunity games. Uh, NFC Championship game after NFC Championship game. We remember the Giants, you know, NFC title game, uh, losing it uh, by three. Um, He had the on sidekick that Seattle recovered to knock him out of a Super Bowl in Seattle. Uh, We had the close game last year to Tampa, 31-26, and he's been blown out of some NFC championship games, too. The 49ers blew him out two years ago. The Falcons blew him out three years ago, Um, and I may be forgetting one as well, but what I just listed, I think, are like six NFC championship games he's played in. How many of you would pay for just one in the next three years, if he was here. We'll wait on answering that until a little bit later on in the show. Cooley, how are you feeling? I'm
2: good. And I would not pay for anything for Aaron Rodgers. That's your thing. That's one of your crutches. You <laughs> you, you guys that don't like it, you, you don't pay for an NFC championship. I would
1: pay for it, yes.
2: you, you, All you guys would pay for this. You'll pay for it. I'm right. I'm right. You're wrong. Well, you
1: wouldn't pay for it because you don't even care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care as much as you used to.
2: I I care about you. Uh, well, that's I, I care about you, and you'll pay for it. Um, you've I... said that to me and to people more times than you've said a lot of things. Well, there's you. You know, you know what? You you'd pay for a playoff birth. You'd, you'd pay for 8-8. Eight eight. We all have crushes. Just pay for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Two years ago. We we all
1: have crutches, <laughs> and I'll admit that that is one of my go-to crutches. I think um, it's a crutch. But, but I think it's also just a way to emphasize... <laughs> You know, the the unbelievable pent-up demand that some of us have, some, some of the people out there don't have it anymore, which is really sad. They went from fans to angry to apathetic, not caring. You don't care as much as you used to for a, a number of reasons. By the way, I'm glad you're well and feeling better today. That was my first question to you. Um, but I... I actually, if you told me, Sheehan, they'll be in the Super Bowl next year, but you've got to write a check to s- any, anything, as long as it's not a, a horrible uh, cause, I would probably write a $1,000 check if you told me that they were going to be in the Super Bowl next year. So, yes, I would pay for that. I would, literally.
2: Okay. It's not a figurative it, thing. Like, it's a literal would, thing for if me. If you would write a $10,000 check, mm. me knowing your. Means that's pain for something. One thousand dollars <laughs> yeah. is not you paying for something. Okay, whatever. I you just would you write a ten thousand dollars?
1: You just made it more painful, and you know, at this point in my life, things aren't nearly as important. You know the you know sports and the teams i root for you get to a point in life where it's not just it's just not as important as other things like right now if you told me i could pay $10,000 for washington to be in the super bowl next year or or to break 80 on a consistent basis i would say i'll pay 10,000 bucks to break 80 on a consistent basis no you basis. wouldn't, no, oh, you wouldn't. Because yes I you would.
2: would go back and you would think about it and you would realize that your podcast in turn just your podcast in in and of itself would make more than the $10,000 because of the Super Bowl.
1: Yes, but but I wouldn't uh, then what uh, but my golf game wouldn't improve and that th- that's
2: that's on your own time. You're you right. Can, who's to say you can't pay $10,000 for both of those things? And on, frankly, well, you actually a choice, you actually you actually can pay $10,000 to get your golf game to 80. You could do that. You can hire a golf coach you can start taking golf lessons, you can start training to play golf instead of just going out with your buddies and getting drunk every time. Do you
1: know what's interesting about that? I don't think when it comes to golf, I think I'm past the point of being coachable
2: into a nope, much better... you're not. Nope, good golf coach would take your swing and make adjustments to what you're currently doing mm-hmm. to make what you're doing better. And yet you, in fact, could pay to, to get to 80. You're a good enough golfer that 90% of your scores over 80 are lack of consistency because you can hit a good well, shot. What do you mean? So,
1: 100% of my scores are over 80. Okay. I mean, I have shot 80 a bunch of times at my course. I've never broken 80 actually you sure. you shot 78 one time at my course with me after going like 85 86 87 the first three times thinking you were going to shoot 75
2: I don't think I I don't think I did shoot yes, you I did. don't think I appreciate yes, your course I,
1: I remember everything um about your rounds there um because uh you were so sure of it uh walking out there and i took money from you the first three times and then the fourth time you got basically all of it back congratulations to you you're a better golfer than i am nobody cares about this conversation let's just get let's get the the, the,
2: the, the only point is is paying for something like I'll give six bucks for them to get in the NFC championship
1: game. (laughs) You you are so cheap to begin with. You really are. That's the one thing about you that actually over the years, it surprises me because of your personality in general. Like your fun-loving, let's-go-have-a-great-time personality. But you are very thrifty. You, you know, with and by the way, that, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. And I think, by the way, given the amount of money that you earned over your career in a profession that is not long lasting, it's really good that you were, you know, frugal. Uh, I just
2: don't like paying people to do work that I can accomplish myself. I, I, I'm not that cheap when it comes to like, I will buy a nice car. I will buy nice things to have. Right. But when it comes to people doing work for me, you, you got to be you got to be reasonable.
1: No, you, that, that's fair. And the thing is, is that you like doing that work, too. So that makes it even harder for you to pay somebody th- to do something that you think you can do. The thing that, you know, always gets me um, with you. Actually, I'm going to tell you this quick story. I, I want to get to the football stuff. And I know everybody else does. But the other day, Kara said, hey, we got to go plant a tree at the new place. I said, a plant, plant a tree? And she said, yeah. And I said, okay. <laughs> so, you know, I'm all for a plant a tree. She wasn't asking me to do electrical, which is what you got to dig made, a hole. which made me just think of this because you, um, you've done your own electrical before and nearly killed yourself doing it. Um, no, no, yeah, no. Yes, 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 you just, yes, yes. No, no, no. You got no, a big no, shock no, no, no. one time. One time you got a really
2: big shock. You told that's me that story. Killing yourself. Yeah, it's not really killing yourself. Okay, that was a whatever. very long time ago. You, you should you, you just, you just announced that I'm going to kill myself <laughs> you, you, every time I do it. And in fact, have... I'm really I test the wires. Yeah. I turn off the breakers. I'm really pretty good at it. No, okay, go you're, ahead.
1: you're not very good at How'd your that. I do tree go, and that's one. No, where I am very good at that. You should pay somebody else to do it because if you don't, if you're not expert at it, you could actually hurt yourself and you shock yourself very seriously.
2: Um, <laughs> I'll let you talk back. to my wife about that, yeah. and she'll tell you that I'm pretty good at putting lights and stuff up. That if she says that I can do it. And she's a perfectionist. If she says I can do it, I can do it. And you know what? She says I can do it. Okay.
1: Well, I'm not saying that you can't do it. I'm saying that it no, is. No, she a risk says that I should do, do it. it. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm, that I may I'll, do I'll it. I'll have that conversation. You may with do that, her. Chris. I don't actually not, believe. Not you can do that. It. I don't believe that Maddie thinks that. Um, but she and I will have a okay, conversation. Okay, Well, I'm going to start sending you later. pictures of lights that um, I put up around the house. So anyway, uh, we, you know, she's she gives me this very small area to dig the hole. Um, and then I just said to her, I go, so to plant a tree, how far down do I have to dig and you know, how far wide? And she starts talking about a radius and different things. And it's got to go, you know, uh, it's got to go one and a half times the pot that it's in, you know, the, the, the planter that it's in. And I go one and a half times, we're talking about now a six foot hole. That can't be right. The pot's three feet deep. The, the, or four feet deep? It, it no, You know what? It was two feet. So, uh, you need a three-by-three three hole. So I said, just, we got to go four up. feet down and f- and four feet uh, across. I go, first of all, we don't have the room here. It was a very small well, area. Oh, just start. Two foot, two she foot said, would make it. She, two she foot foot, said, she said just start digging. Hole. Just start digging. So <laughs> I st- I start digging. And immediately, because of the tree that was cut down in that spot, I'm hitting a root system that is not going to be easily dug out. And she, I said the the, the the roots from the old tree are down here and they're thick. The, 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 this isn't going to happen. And she made the comment, "Oh, just put some, you know, put some strength into it." And I said, "Okay, but before I do that, I want you to just take the shovel and I want you to really punch that, that shovel right in. Cause I'd gotten about a foot down and she punches it in and the thing reverberates and bounces back in the direction. And I said, do you see what I'm saying now? This is like, you know, this is a thick root system. And anyway, to make a long story short, I just go, you know, sometimes like there are things we can do. Like there are absolute things we can do, and we're doing a lot of those things. And then there are things where let's just have the landscaper plant the fucking tree.
2: The guy I that's mean, got a hole digger on the back of his truck. And I'm
1: covered in dirt and mud at that point. And I've just wasted twenty minutes, and it's like I, I, I had a feeling going over it wasn't going to happen. Like it was like I just knew that something would be wouldn't be right. First of all, I think she was completely wrong in terms of you're saying three by
2: three. Yeah, that's one and a half times yeah. two by two. Well, no. I mean... Two, one time... Yeah. If I, it was two times one, yeah. it would be two. Yeah, I, I, Two times one I, and a half equals I, three. I, I basically... So three by three. It was...
1: Basically, I think it was like this pot was like every bit of two and a half feet. Somewhere in that Okay, okay? okay.
2: So now we're talking about, you know, it was, three it, and I, a quarter? I came to the conclusion
1: that it was like a four by four that I was going to have to dig. All right? So I... You don't, you don't have to go quite as wide. You just got to get it down there well, a little bit. The, the, the point is, is that the width wasn't even available. It wasn't even there because there were bushes on one side and pavement on the other. So it wasn't going to happen anyway.
2: So whatever. Uh, all right. Can we... God, I love that moment, though, where your wife's got this idea and you look at it and you're like, it's not going to work. <laughs> She's like, just just try it. Uh, let's just Let's just do it. And you're did, looking at it going... It's I'm I, this is gonna waste my time. I didn't but, you know what that, though. I didn't take I'm gonna that tact. do it to prove you
1: wrong I didn't take that tact this time. There are times where I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing it that way We'll call somebody that's not something we should be doing That's not something we're qualified or capable of doing and really if we do it We're gonna fuck it up or we're gonna hurt ourselves um, But I decided not to do this because planting a tree. I didn't think actually that it was gonna be that hard and it shouldn't be. And there are people out there going, "It's not that hard." Well, it is hard when there's a complete root system, uh, you know, a foot below the surface.
2: Dude, I just dug out like four way overgrown bushes that had root systems below okay. the surface. Oh, well, great! You you probably oh my you god, kind you get of into equipment. those roots. No, I'm a shovel. You get into those roots, and you are like picking that thing up and slamming it into them as hard as you can. Yeah, Kevin. For two days, I was concerned, and I dug probably three of those holes that you're talking to dig these things out. I was concerned that I had carpal tunnel in my left hand. <laughs> I'm not seriously, but my left my left forearm was spent.
1: You know what I do have, and I'm not going to complain because I cannot complain with you erectile
2: right now. dysfunction
1: right no i I don't have that um but You've been through, you've been through a hellish week and a half and you're still not through it yet, but you know what I got back? Remember I told you about that trigger finger thing.
3: Oh
2: yeah.
1: I've got that. That's back. the worst. I got to go get another cortisone shot.
2: But, you can get about three of those
1: before you got to use something else. Um, two of ask them. Ask him
2: if they'll do, ask him if they'll do Toradol.
1: Two of them in each hand. Um, and, uh. And I've gotten two in one hand, and I've gotten only one in this hand. So I've got one more here, and then, you know, I don't
2: know what it is. I don't even get it. Listen to me. Listen, listen what? here. Ask them what they think about Tordal. Uh, okay. And it's, it's an anti inflammatory yeah, shot anti-inflammatory. That's a lo- right. for a lot of people that you can continue to do over time. Right. Tordal or the cortisone, you can't keep putting that into your joint. Or, so the Tordal, some people, it helps longer than the cortisone.
1: Right. And that's the hyper-anti-inflammatory thing, right, shot? Yeah, I think I've been I've got, doing a lot of research I think for I've got my next torquals.
2: shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's what you get in your rear before a football game. But if you put it into a joint, it's it, it's really pretty helpful. I did it in my knee a couple years ago, and it gave me with some other stuff. But it, I had like six six months of pretty much no pain. Are you okay right now or not? Are you still struggling oh, to so, sleep I'm, and everything no, I'm so I'm still struggling a little to sleep. I, but it's not necessarily just my knee. Like my whole leg is tight. My hip's tight, but I just finished another physical therapy where I got dry needling, which is kind of fun. I don't know if you've had that.
1: It, what is that like? Is that like, it's um, like
2: deeper acupuncture yeah, where they stick say, those really thin needles and then right. it triggers the muscle. And then they put like electrical stimulation on it. Uh-huh. But my hip it's in my hip is so sore. And it's so funny because, and I like the guy I'm working with a lot. He's like, yeah, you know, over a long period of time. You know, when you're walking differently, you can get get the soreness in your hip. And I'm like, no, no, this is over five days of laying on the couch. Okay, it, my hip's been fine, even with my limp. My hip's fine. Now, when I laid on the couch for four days in one position, my hip is locked up. So just fix those muscles real fast, guy. Well <laughs> oh, he's he's great. I like to get him.
1: So it's the compensating for the knee that ends up impacting
2: the other areas. Well, yeah, but yeah, that it definitely does. I have. A, atrophy throughout all the muscles in my leg, which I'm going to have to spend a lot of time on. But what I think is it's for three days, it hurts so bad, dude. Like I couldn't sleep. I mean, that's why Monday you called me or you text me. I'm like, Kev, I didn't sleep at all last night. I, I didn't sleep even a little bit. I watched TV all night and like cried. But it wasn't my knee as much as it was in my hip and my whole leg being tight, oh. and I think that was because the three days after surgery I didn't move. I laid like bedridden in one position, so my knee didn't. Anyways, we can talk football now. Are you st- are you still taking Oxy? No, no, only two days I took the Oxy. Okay.
1: All right, uh, let's get to Cooley's breakdown of the draft right af- Right after this word from one of our sponsors. All right, Chris, uh, they took 10 players in this draft. Um, You were with us on Friday, and so you talked a lot about Jamin Davis on Friday. It's the other picks that I think people are interested in. And I know that when we get to like the sixth and seventh round, it's not like there was a lot of tape or a lot of film on these guys. So you don't have any significant opinions about that, other than the fact that they did take a long snapper in the sixth round. Um, and they traded up to do so, um, so they do have their long snapper. But let's let's start with, you know, do you have any any additional thoughts on Jamin Davis from your Friday conversation?
2: Not too much. I, I think that Jamin Davis has got an NFL-type learning curve. You know, we, we talked about his athletic ability um, and – you know, the vertical at the pro day and the 40 at the pro day and some of the plays that he made, they, I think that there's some all-star type plays that he made. I think that there's still a slight slow reaction time. That'll be an adjustment for him and he put him in the right spots and hopefully it'll help him. I do think he a three down linebacker um, and I, I think he'll adapt quickly. You know, it's funny, this, this whole draft, I, I think they did a pretty good job with this whole draft and you listen to everybody evaluate these players and, had the dolts that are like, let's braid Washington's draft. What do you think of these guys? What do you think of Samuel Cosney? Oh, top five tackle in the league. And you're like, who the fuck are you guys? <laughs> and by the way, when you say there's not a lot of film on the, I didn't watch film on the sixth, seventh round guys. Nobody can really watch film if they don't have it. Right. But like there is film on them. I just didn't watch it. Okay. I just don't care. I just don't care about the sixth and seventh round guys. But I mean, what are these like all these guys what are they watching like highlights for five seconds?
1: I mean you know I, I don't know th- that's my access to having a you know any sort of opinion, but at least I concede going in this is but a you ridiculous don't form exercise
2: the scouts opinion like hey uh coach Rivera, what do you think of these picks i think I think I could scout for you because I know all about your guys like, <laughs> okay, okay <laughs> sweet yeah. well, we won't say his name
1: um. So, what about Sam Sam Cosme, their second round pick from Texas?
2: I, I like Sam Cosme because of the size, strength, length, ability. The length to me in the NFL translates. Like, Cosme's six eight. He's big dude, long arms, good athlete. That gives you the real chance. I don't think it shows on film. Six, I don't six. think he's not six eight. Oh, he's, I, I read somewhere that he was six eight. He's six, six six, six, six yeah. but that's still that's that's a lot of length. Right. I don't. I like him a lot but that dude if it showed on film he's a top 10 pick with that size um i think he's average on tape i think he can be pretty consistent as is a pure pass protector he'll deal with some different speed in the nfl i'd like to see him be quicker with his feet nastier in the run game i don't think he finishes plays the way i'd like to see him finish plays like he's he's all right i mean but the size gives him a chance to be a consistent starter in the nfl he's got to get was, like I like a lineman with a mean streak and I just didn't see him with the real mean streak. Like you can pull a couple plays here and there where you see him driving guys downfield, but for the most part, like the ability to just unload his hips and get into somebody is not ideal. But I I think he's a good second round pick. Like he's not a first round tackle. There's he wasn't a guy that fell. Like they took him in the right spot.
1: Um, it's funny because the one thing that I noticed in just watching sort of the highlight reel of Cosme is there were a couple of plays where obviously he was effective early, but you're right. Like he didn't finish off a guy. Um, at the same time, I thought he looked very athletic.
2: Yeah, that's, that's my feel is the intangibles are certainly there is the love of really being violent in football there. Right.
1: Uh, Again, you know, putting him up against Sadiq Charles, who we barely saw, Cornelius Lucas, Jerron Christian, what are the chances he's the starting left tackle at some point next
2: year? Unless Cornelius Lucas is the real freak that everybody thought he was and that that drafted him. I don't know if that was as much the Rivera group as much as I think I know Kyle Smith loved him. Like, but it's not Lucas. It's the dude from LSU, Sadiq Charles. Sorry. Sorry. Sadiq Charles was who he really loved. Kyle Smith. So Sadiq. Kyle Smith thought Sadiq Charles was a steal where they took him. If he develops as the real freak athlete, then maybe there's some competition there. But other, if, they, if he doesn't or if they keep him in that guard role, then it, I think Cosme's your guy unless he shits the bed in camp, okay. which I don't think he will.
1: Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go to the third round. What do you think about this corner? Benjamin St. Juice from Minnesota.
2: So I like St. Juiced. I think he's a role fit player. Like to me, he's one of those guys that has a lot of length. You can jam, you can play. He reminds me of Dunbar. If you watch Dunbar ever, like he's not fluid in his hips. He's kind of stiff out of his pedal He's stiff in his turn. And when I say stiff, I mean stiff for a cornerback, like not stiff for an offensive line. He's not a robot out there but he's not really fluid. He's got a lot of length. He can run, but I'm, I would question his true makeup speed if he were to get beat, but the way they play defense is a lot of single high safety, third corners where you're keeping guys in front of him. You press man, keep guys or you'll go to press man at times. And he should be able to run with guys if he gets hands on. And other than that, you know, he's playing a quarters look where he's responsible for one fourth of the field deep and a third look where he's responsible for a third of the field deep. And it, to me, when I watch him, I think he plays with really good instincts, good eyes to the quarterback. I liked St. Just a lot. Yeah, I don't think he's ever going to be a star corner, premier corner. Um, I would question – I'll be interested if they think they can play him at nickel or where they play him. To me, he's a perimeter guy.
1: Yeah, he's he, – that's what he would look like. Like on, on On the highlights of him, the thing that struck me is just – He's long. He's physical, and like you said, he's a jam corner. So I can and by and with his size, you would think he would play on the outside, not you know on the on the inside. There was some discussion when they drafted him on Friday night that he could be a safety, but Rivera pretty much shot that down. Even though he said we love his positional flexibility, but we drafted him to be sort of a press, you know, jamming
3: corner.
2: Right. Yeah, they played him at safety in the senior bowl to, I guess, show his versatility. If I was him, I I guess maybe that was his only option to play in the senior bowl. And if you get invited to play in that game, you're you're playing in that game. Maybe they said, look, you can play in this game, but we have the corners. So you got to play safety. If I was him, I would have played corner in the senior bowl. So, I mean, I, I don't take guys in the third round that played corner in college to transition them to safety. Right. That's a, that's a sixth-round, seventh-round adventure prospect that's athletic. And the third-round guy, I'm playing him to do what he does.
1: Deami Brown from North Carolina, the wide receiver that I know they liked going into this draft.
2: So The first thing I love about Diami Brown is his production is outstanding. A couple years, over 1,000 yards a year, yeah. he's a guy that makes a lot of plays downfield. Um, he's got really good speed. And and can stretch the field. I think he's got really natural hands. is a is a hands catcher for sure. The couple of things I see in Deami Brown, like way not as refined as a route runner as I'd like. Um, too many steps in and out of breaks, especially with the shorter stuff. And I would like to see like more quick twitch, bang bang in and out of breaks. But again, when you start talking about five steps, and this is every high school kid, like chop 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 break, chop 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 break then it's hard to be explosive out of the break. You got to train him how to go, you know, one, two, three, and stick. And so I think he has more explosiveness than he shows in and out of breaks. And and his production's absolutely there. Plays with a ton of confidence. To me, De'Ami Brown's a really good pick in the third.
1: Um, Compare him to the way you felt about Terry McLaurin when they picked McLaurin. Do you remember?
2: I think really similar. Like really, really similar. The hard thing with Terry, if Terry played at North Carolina, Terry would have been a first or second rounder because he would have had eighty receptions. Right. Like Ohio State had three dudes as good as Terry McLaurin. Like that. That was the year that Paris Campbell was their do everything guy at Ohio State. Right. And they still had the two young players that stayed. Like they were just that. That year with Dwayne, they were so stacked at receiver. I mean, every one of those dudes could ball. Um and so I I think really similar with Terry maybe Terry has one one more gear, but I think they're they're similar players.
1: Um the uh you know the wide receiver depth chart you know you've got McLaurin, you've got Curtis Samuel you've got Adam Humphreys then you have Cam Sims Deami Brown uh that's five right there that I think are going to make the team right I mean McLaurin Samuel uh Humphreys Cam Sims Deami Brown that's I think those are five locks
2: going into next year would you agree with that I wouldn't call Cam Sims no I wouldn't call Cam Sims a lock really I think that there will be competition at that fifth spot
1: Okay, well, and they At might their four locks, so. and, and they may and they may keep 6. Be, uh, we don't know that much about Gandy Golden. Um Steven Sims Jr was a disappointment last year.
2: Gandy he, Golden was horrific
1: last year. I know you did when he got the opportunities you thought. It, it wasn't was me. It wasn't me. He looked terrible. Everybody thought that. Um Sims Jr was disappointing. Isaiah Wright, you know, ended up, you know, having opportunities um you, you, we, we, only, we only nailed four. Well, Kelvin Harmon is the one
2: we don't know about. Kelvin Harmon would be a guy that would compete. Isaiah Wright would compete. It would be interesting. I mean, Cam Sims would have a chance because I, I really think that you you have two slot guys in, in Samuel and Humphreys. So those are your two kind of slot inside dudes. And Terry is also another guy that can move anywhere. Right. Not to say that De'Ami Brown also probably couldn't, but you have three guys that can play inside whenever you want. So you're looking at those bigger outside receivers. So that probably makes it tougher on Isaiah right next year. Cam Sims will have a shot there. I think Kelvin Harmon will have a shot. still think Kelvin Harmon should gain 10 pounds and be an HVAC, but whatever.
1: Uh, all right. Well, that brings us to their fourth-round pick. Uh, John Bates, tight end from Boise State.
2: I love this dude. Like I, I didn't watch a ton, but I think real versatility – the thing that I love is he is a natural athlete like you watch him at Boise State open his body up and make those go up and get it type of catches. Yeah. I didn't look at this, but he looks like a basketball player yes like he is fluid to the ball like he, he it looks like he got a lot of rebounds in high school at least but I think he's a natural down the field threat more than people actually think um I was really impressed with with Brown. And I think he's consistent Bates, as a blocker. Bates, yeah. Bates, sorry, I, was, I keep saying Brown, but Bates, Miami yeah, Brown. John yep. Bates. Yeah, I, I thought he was – I think he's awesome. Yeah. His, I, his college film kind of reminds me of my college film. It does? A little bit. I mean, but he caught a lot more down – he got a lot, a lot of balls down the field. Boise State, especially with ripping. Right. I mean, he made a ton of big plays at Boise. I, I think all all around seems like – a true tight end. Right, this guy's going to play a lot this year. I would bet you this dude plays a lot.
1: What about as a blocker?
2: He's all right. I mean, I think he works his butt off, and I think Boise does a pretty good job coaching these guys. It's just some of the college stuff's really interesting because he split out a lot. There's so much gun stuff. There's so I mean, some of the the gap schemes. The, the, it's going to be a tougher ask for him, so he's going to have to continue to develop as a blocker. But a guy that that's flu that's naturally as fluid as he is with his hips, and he's okay technique wise. It, it, you get his hat in the right spot and work on just that hand punch. He should, he'll be fine. I think he should be fine. I think he'll be a good player.
1: Yeah, I think it
2: really like again just
1: watching. He's the my highlights. favorite
2: pick. He's my favorite pick through the draft for them in terms of where they got him. He
1: really, you know, the, the immediate like capsule of information on him was a uh, really strong inline blocker. You know, not uh, a big time pass catcher. And then I'm watching the highlights. And I'm like, this guy has great hands. He looks so fluid and athletic as a route runner, and as a he looks like a real like NFL pass catching tight end. He really did to me. And by the way, he's big. He's like six six. Right, six five six six. Yeah,
2: you know why they don't? He's not a pass catcher because he ran a four eight. Well, that's ridiculous. That's you know who else ran a four eight? I did. Yeah.
1: Um, all right, their fifth round pick, uh, the last one that you've got, you know, meaningful thoughts on the safety at a Cincinnati who was a special teams star at
2: Cincinnati, Derek Forrest. Yeah, and no, I think that's why they drafted him is he's a special teams guy at this point. Um. So the thing with this kid is w- watching him uh, missing tackles stood out quickly. I think getting blocked way too often stood out quickly, which to me, it was like, where are your eyes? Where are your keys? Do you understand where guys are coming from? I don't know if he has the fluidity to play like pure over the top, but he's okay in coverage. When you see him as a split safety look guy, or you see him as a down in the box guy, I think he's fine. there. He kind of reminds me of Landon Collins. Like he's got a violent streak, he'll come and hit dudes. Like it's not, it's not like he's afraid to go make an explosive hit, track the ball downhill. He's just not sure right in that last three yards exactly where he's going to fit to make the tackle. So he does miss quite a few tackles and gets blocked a little more than you want. So, like you're, you're talking about, if you're going to play him in the best box safety or down safety, like well, could he tackle? Because that's going to be really important for us. And you know, can he? fit the gap that he's got to fit in some of the run scheme stuff without getting blocked and that's another huge important part of getting in position to make the tackle and it's like okay what can he do and so right now I don't think he can do enough to contribute on defense Uh, like he won't be Cameron Curl I don't think he's as natural as Cameron Curl but and I like Cameron Curl out of college I I thought he was way more natural than people give him credit for So I I think you drafted a guy that you said, look, he'll contribute right now over the next two years on special teams, and if he grows in this defense, we got a guy that we can develop. Um,
1: Real quickly, just to me right now in terms of their roster, that's the most obvious question mark. I guess you could say left tackle who's going to start. You could say, you know, is Jamin Davis going to be ready to step in and play right away? Um, You know who your corners are pretty much, you know, they're Jackson, you know, it's Jackson, Fuller, um, and more likely than not, you know, a guy like Moreland and maybe St. Just. but who are your safeties? You know, Landon Collins, they talked about moving to linebacker. Well, they drafted Jamin Davis. Cameron Curl and Landon Collins appear to be somewhat the same guy in terms of in-the-box guys. Reeves can play free. Um, DeShazer Everett, when he played last year before he got hurt, you know, p- proved what you thought he was, which was a big-time hitter and a sort of rise-to-the-occasion guy that you just never saw what he could do in the games in practice because you don't hit in practice. But w- what do they have at
2: safety next year? Well, you you just – they have three strong safeties. Right. And then they have one guy that they really trust to play over the top or like to play over the top as a free I, I would question – like, I would – at least explore what Cam Curl looks like as free. I think he's got some instincts and some range. I would explore it. It doesn't mean that I'm starting him there, but it would be something I would look at, especially if I'm saying, well, Landon Collins is here, and if Landon Collins is here, he is the starting safety. You still because, have, you and st- it's crazy that we're even discussing this because of what they paid Landon Collins two years ago. I know. Yeah. I think Landon will come back with a lot to prove this year, though.
1: I didn't think he was as bad as everybody said he was before he got hurt, but w- whatever. I think I love him. Uh, I love the w- how aggressively he plays in the box. And you're right; that he misses on some things, but he doesn't miss on a lot. Um,
2: but it was too much money. For he the, missed on his... way too much last year. You remember what I said? Yes, I said I do. Like going in, I said I just don't think he's a playmaker. And then halfway through last year, before he was hurt, I said. I think he's trying to be too much of a playmaker instead of just being who he is, and he's taking unnecessary risks that are putting him out of position to make the plays he should just make.
1: Right. Um, Back to Bates for a second. So when they drafted him on the NFL Network, uh, I think it was Bucky Brooks, immediately they put up um, side-by-side with Bates a picture of Jeremy Sprinkle. And Brooks said, that's his NFL comp. It's just ironic that he was drafted by Washington. And I was like, after watching the highlights, yeah, go ahead.
2: No. Jeremy Sprinkle did not make anywhere near the amount of plays down the field at Arkansas that Bates made at Boise. And, Jeremy, you couldn't throw a ball. Like, let's say you're running vertical up the numbers. You can't throw a ball over his outside shoulder and watch Sprinkle open up his hips, rotate while jumping and make, make a catch. And I watched Bates do that 10 times. It wasn't one or two. I watched Bates do that multiple times with adjustments to the ball there. This this idea that he's not a pass catcher. I think wrong. You know, I'll bet to them, I'll bet to them, they remind him a little bit of um, Greg Olson as a receiver, not the speed for sure, but I'll bet that that's kind of, to me, kind of moves like Greg Olson. How fast was Greg Olson? Greg Olson ran like a four five coming out of really? Miami. Wow. Yeah. Um But the last two years in in Charlotte, or the last three years in Charlotte, he was running four nine.
1: I I think it's I I think it's interesting because the, they took Bates in the fourth round. I think he was the fifth, maybe the fourth pass-catching tight end taken in the draft. You know, the guy Tremble from Notre Dame is sort of an everything uh, tight end he was taken before. Mm-hmm. But he was taken before Brevin Jordan, who went to the Texans in the fifth round. And a lot of people liked Brevin Jordan coming out as a pass-catching tight end. And Washington deemed Bates to be better. I... I think I'm excited about that pick too. I mean, first of all, it's a position of need. I mean, Logan Logan Thomas was was outstanding last year, but they have have no depth at the position. They you want know.
2: to play two guys fifty percent of the time,
1: right? So, who would be the second? Marcus Baugh? There isn't, right? Because sprinkles. I mean, in
2: there's Dallas. No, like in, frankly in in all honesty, it's not like there isn't a guy on the roster, but there's nobody that I would want as my second tight end on that roster. No, nobody. Kelvin Harmon. Kelvin Harmon could play some H-back, yeah. You know. Okay. Um, what else before we But get... I think Bates would be the Y. And you would use Logan Thomas more as a move-around H type of deal. Or in their offense, or in most offenses now, they call the U.
1: And so, he, and he's matched up a lot of times against either the 5th
2: DB or a linebacker. I mean, look, Logan caught a ton of balls. And Logan did have a big step up here. But Logan... Thomas still has a lot of limitations, especially as a receiver, as a get-open type of guy. It's not just a pure, easy separation for him. He's got to fight everything.
1: Uh, I, I meant to mention, if I didn't already, that the one safety that's still out there is Trey Boston. And there's been you know a lot of discussion about whether or not Washington will make a move for him. And Ron Rivera has said this week... That you know they didn't sign a lot of undrafted free agents. They just signed the one guy, Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo, um, but that they are still going to be active in adding players. They've got four more roster spots and they've got some cap room. Now they may have to you know keep that cap room you know after they trade for Aaron Rodgers. Right, um, but uh, but other than that, Trey Boston is still out there and still a possibility um, as a safety. Um, For uh for this team and and they're familiar with him. I'm surprised like this always worries me because it's like they're they're familiar with him. Why even risk not having him if you feel like he really would fit? But we'll see. Um all right, when we come back, uh Aaron Rodgers, uh Bill Barnwell from ESPN put together all of the possibilities for Aaron Rodgers and wait till you hear how high up Washington is in the this makes sense list for barnwell on espn we'll do that right after this word from one of our sponsors whether or not aaron Rodgers becomes available is obviously still up in the air but there is a lot of smoke around this story um and You know, pretty much this has become the story in the NFL since it was reported last week. Now we had the draft and all the picks and everything else, and I was thinking about this Cooley, you know, over the weekend. Like for Washington, uh, if they had a great draft, phenomenal. I mean, but we just never know. It takes three years to really figure it out. the The big conversation here for any team that has a need. For a franchise quarterback and is capable of of contending in in a major way with a an elite quarterback, they should all be in on Aaron Rodgers. And to me, that's Washington. They're one of the teams. Well, Bill Barnwell wrote um, a you know typical Barnwell story, which is very, very long, um, about Aaron Rodgers and the possibilities and the complexities around the situation with Green Bay. Um, but then he uh, basically went through the process of determining the teams that would be interested, um, what it would take for each team to get Aaron Rodgers, and then he ranked the likelihood of the teams being able to pull it off. Before I get to that... You know, for everybody out there, there's a lot of complexity around this. Like, all right, what's the real issue between Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay? Well, there's a lot going on there. You know, the, it's the Jordan Love thing. Um, there was also um, the Jake uh, Kumaro uh, player, who was a friend of Rodgers, who got cut late in in, uh, in the in the preseason last year. The wide receiver, they didn't let him know about it. He was upset about that. He can't stand the general manager. There's a lot going on here with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and regardless of you know whether or not Aaron Rodgers is easy to deal with or difficult to deal with, and you you shared your opinions on this last week. And by the way, Theismann sort of agreed with you. He's like, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, well, he didn't agree with you. What am I talking about? He agreed. He disagreed with uh, us about trading for Aaron Rodgers. He sort of agreed with with you to a certain extent that Aaron Rodgers is partly to blame. But at the same time, he thinks Green Bay in this day and age should have gone to Aaron and made this a little bit easier in the process anyway long story well, I through, feel I feel that way too I
2: know I feel like I felt like they're both at fault um by the way yes if your star quarterback likes a receiver you keep him yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just keep him you so, give him his little buddy
1: so Aaron Rodgers, there are a couple things before we get to the Barnwell's list of seven teams and what it would take and how he ranked them in terms of likelihood. First of all, the, something that we haven't spent enough time talking about is just how um, how expensive it would be for Aaron Rodgers to retire. Um, Aaron Rodgers would have to pay Green Bay back $30 million of um, – the, of, of roster bonus and, and a portion of the signing bonus, if he retires, it's a, it's similar to the situation when Andrew Luck retired in Indy. Now, interestingly, Indy did not make Andrew Luck repay it. They understood he was retiring for fears, injury, you know, concerns, etc., and the team has the option of waiving those repayments uh Green Bay likely would not waive the repayment option if Aaron Rodgers retires because he didn't get traded and he would owe nearly 30 million dollars back to the Packers. Now you can say well Aaron Rodgers is you know has earned 250 million in his career and who knows maybe another 100 to 200 million in endorsements or whatever. 30 million dollars is 30 million dollars. No one wants to have to come out of pocket 30 million dollars. You agree with that, right? To- totally agree. Okay, so... I mean,
2: I, Like if he wants to retire, if he, if it's that big of a deal that he can't play for green Bay, he gonna go to training camp and he's going to take a bump in the head and he's going to get a concussion. And then he's <laughs> going to sit out for the rest of the year. Like you're just going to get put on IR. And that's, that's something that they do understand that green Bay has to understand. And that's something, you know, that's a part of why you wouldn't necessarily ha- have to pay it back. Or if they were to negotiate that, because Aaron can say to to them, I, I mean, not on record per se, but let's just say I have a concussion-riddled year. What do you want to do then? I mean, I'm going to be on IR and you're going to pay me.
1: God, that's exactly what we said Trent Williams should have done, remember? He should have reported yeah. to camp and said, oh, my head hurts from the surgery, and he would have gotten paid. Um, so, And and his contract would have,
2: um, you know, he would have had the accrued contract. Right. Um, the, And even would, then, if even if he didn't want to do that, He'll go play one more year in green Bay unwillingly. And Kev, once he gets into the season, he'll be fine. You know, that's the other thing is once you get into the grind of the season, you might not be happy with anyone, but you won't see the GM every day. You're not going to have all this stuff. You're just going to go in and go week to week. He'll be fine. And then if you made it through the year, I'm sure he'd be able to retire at that point without having to pay anywhere near the expense. Like, think about it that way. Like, um, is $20 million worth, I don't know, let's call it the next seven months of your time.
1: There's also the opportunity that he has, right if he were to retire. First of all, you know, 18 million a year to host Jeopardy if he got that gig. Um, you know, he'd obviously be sought after as an analyst. He's not gonna make thirty the thirty million to pay back, but he'd make it back in two years um at Jeopardy plus. Um, if that 's really what he wants to do, but anyway there 's more to this before we get to the the crux of this and and that is you know remember the two thousand and twenty collective bargaining agreement last year made it very difficult for veterans to hold out. They get fined $50,000 a day once you get into the mandatory days, and teams can't waive that anymore. That was part of the new CBA, and if you're absent for more than five mandatory days, your season doesn't accrue. Remember, they in the last CBA um part of whatever that was a something for something on um they they essentially made it more difficult for players to hold out and and more it it, it was there was greater punishment for doing so um at the same time the packers uh, have this dilemma. In in trading him, if they trade him before June first, it's a thirty eight million dollar accelerated cap on their twenty twenty one number. They probably have to wait until post June one where they can uh-huh. split it up, you know, nineteen nineteen or twenty one seventeen. Barnwell says it would be twenty one seventeen. Maybe there's it's a stipulation there on un- un- three un- weeks. Um I'm sorry?
2: I said it's three weeks or just over three weeks. they I mean they'll be negotiating trades with teams for enough time to to get him into camp to, to get him right well to to get him i mean to get that done they don't care if it's post June one right.
1: Um, yeah, no, I'm just saying that because of the cap hit that the Packers will take, it won't happen. Now. It won't happen until probably after June 1. The uh, last thing that Barnwell points out is you know, Rodgers doesn't really have the ability that Deshaun Watson, let's say, had, or that Russell Wilson has, which is a no trade clause, which, you know, allows them to dictate and influence the team they get traded to. Rodgers does not have that. So Green Bay doesn't have to, like, trade him to the team that he wants to go to. Of course he has the, you know, the ability to say, well, if I don't get traded to one of these teams, I'm going to retire. But again, it's expensive for him to retire. So that's the backdrop for what's going on now. In addition to the actual why there's such uh, you know, a huge disconnect between the, this all-time, you know, great player and the franchise that he has spent his entire career in. Personally, I'm just telling you, I, there's no way that if I'm Green Bay, I'm not doing everything I can to make this work out. I do not want to lose Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP year when I think Aaron's probably got three to four years left of high, high-level football. And again, I mean we can talk about what he hasn't accomplished in terms of his overall Super Bowl count. Um but the man has a ridiculous overall, you know, uh uh resume. I mean, if we want to go to record, his teams are 126 his team 126-63 and 1. He's quarterbacked in
2: twenty You'd pay for that. You He's quarterbacked in
1: twenty two playoff that. games. I'd pay for that. Anyway, um so let's get to the important part here. Barnwell says, All right, with all of that understood, he starts to eliminate all of the teams that you wouldn't, you know. That wouldn't be interested in trading for Aaron Rodgers because they already have a quarterback. You know they've got their quarterback quarterback situation solved uh, to a certain degree, um, or um, teams that Green Bay would not want to trade him to, like the entire NFC North. So he essentially narrows it down to seven teams that would be in play for Aaron Rodgers, and he talks about specifically the compensation that would be required. And he ranks them in order of least likely to most likely in terms of a deal that would make sense for Green Bay. Seventh was Tennessee, and his proposed trade is Ryan Tannehill, a 2022 first-rounder, a 2023 first-rounder for Rodgers, and the Packers' 2023 fourth-rounder. All right, then it's the Raiders at six, Derek Carr, two firsts and a second for Rodgers. Then at fifth are the Cleveland Browns. All right, two first-rounders, Baker Mayfield and David Nojuko, the tight end. Uh By the way, if he went to Cleveland, that would be one hell of a football team right now. Fourth on his list, the Giants. The Giants would have to send three first-rounders, 2022, 2022, and 2023. Remember, they got the Bears' first-rounder. Um, in the trade for the, in the trade up for Justin Fields. So three first rounders and Darius Slayton for Rodgers.
2: Thir- what are they doing with their quarterback in New York now? Yeah, exactly. Um, I guess he would be a part of that deal. Daniel Jones, uh, I guess. Well, I guess yeah, theoretically but- they wouldn't want Daniel Jones because they have Jordan Love. Yeah. So
1: they, 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 they he did not put that into the deal. Um, right. And um, uh, he writes, Daniel Jones hasn't shown enough to keep the giants out of any quarterback trade discussions um, Jones already, ha- whatever, I, I don't care about the Giants right now. The All Dolphins right. were third, and the Dolphins would give up um, a first-rounder in 2020. It's part of a three-way deal with Pittsburgh. Here 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 it is. The Packers get uh, the 2022 first-rounder that the Dolphins got from the niner, Niners, the 2023 first-rounder, um, that uh, they got from the Niners as well. Um, the 2022 first-rounder that they got from the Steelers, I guess that was for Mika Fitzpatrick, um, yeah. and a 2023 fifth-rounder. The Steelers get Tua Tungavailoa. No, uh, they get Tua for the first-rounder, okay, from Pittsburgh. That's not to make a deal. And then the Dolphins get Rodgers in a fourth-rounder. By the way, the Dolphins would be phenomenal with Aaron Rodgers next year, immediately. R- no, right now. Number one on the list, before I get to number two, is Denver. And he says, Patrick Sertan, Tim Patrick, the wide receiver, Drew Locke, a 2022 first-rounder and a 2023 first-rounder for Rodgers and Eric Stokes, uh, cornerback from Green Bay. They're the most likely, and Barnwell points out that obviously Green Bay would prefer to trade him to an AFC team, and Rodgers is all, already expressed you know, v- via reports to play out West in that Denver's one of the teams on that list. Number two, the second most likely team for Aaron Rodgers, Washington. What would they have to give up? A 2022 first-rounder, a 2023 first-rounder, a 2022 second-rounder, a 2023 second-rounder, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Matt Ioannidis. Two firsts, two seconds, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Matt Ioannidis. Barnwell writes the following. I don't think it's remotely out of the question to suggest that Washington would be among the favorites to make it to the Super Bowl if it pulled off a Rodgers trade. Washington's defense ranked third in the league in defensive DVOA last year year, and arguably got better in free agency with William Jackson replacing Ronald Darby. If that seems outlandish, remember that the 7-9 Buccaneers finished fifth in DVOA on defense in 2019, added Tom Brady, and won the Super Bowl. Rodgers would be a transformative quarterback for a Washington team that has cycled through starter after starter over the past 25 years. Any fan would pay for Aaron Rodgers. He didn't write that. He wouldn't be a long-term solution, but for an organization that has been downright adversarial to its fans during the Daniel Snyder era it and wasn't exactly packing the stadium before the pandemic, he would represent a new era. The offensive line is questionable, but he, he, he could again look forward to to a promising one-two punch at receiver in Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Washington would have to pay more than its AFC competition to get a deal done. The Packers would get four high draft choices, a useful defensive lineman in Ionitis, more than useful, and a short-term replacement to compete with love in Fitzpatrick, who, by the way, and I would have never guessed this, has a better QBR over the past four years than Rodgers uh your reaction would you give up two first two seconds ionitis and fitzpatrick for aaron Rodgers? yeah how long would it take you to think about doing
2: the deal none the thing about the, with, in thinking about it the roster is there to win a super bowl maybe offense not this year even with Rodgers, maybe so maybe but maybe with samuel and and McLaurin a year older and, and add an offensive lineman and, and some of the guys, maybe defensively it's there. I mean, you, you have that many first round picks that you've already acquired high first on your defense. And if you get Rodgers, unless he's hurt or something catastrophic happens in the season, you're drafted in the twenties and you should be drafting in the twenties the next couple of years. So you're not giving up the fifth overall next year or the fourth overall next year. Right. Without, without, without Rodgers. Without Rodgers, you're not. You shouldn't be without him. But with him, but the, the, like anyone that Green Bay discusses this with is going to be in the 20s once Rodgers goes there. Like Rodgers is going to win nine games himself.
1: He's going to win. Win what? Would you just say
2: he's going to win nine games? <laughs> yeah, he's done that every with, year himself. We put him on any team, and he's going to win nine games. So they're like, Green Bay is not going to expect high draft picks from from anybody. Unless they have a draft pick. I mean, they're just, the, yeah, I'd do it. I would absolutely do it. And I, if Rodgers wants to play ball and he'd be pumped about it, which would, again, one of my concerns, yep, done. If three years minimum of high-level play, three more years minimum of higher than almost anybody else in the league. Wait, level say, play. say that again. I think you got three more years of MVP type play. And then I think you still have another three years of top 10 quarterback type play. That gets them to 44 years old. Mm -hmm. I think if you, I think depending on re-signing or how it worked, I think if you wanted to, you could get six, you could for sure get four or five. But out of those four or five, like you should have a chance to play in the Super Bowl, all four of them. Yeah, I'm doing that. Your roster is good enough. That's the thing is like, they're not in a rebuild mode. That right now they're in a fine quarterback mode. Um, they don't is, need the picks next two years. is what I'm saying the way they had in the past. They have dudes.
1: Um, the path you're on right now of building it the with air quotes around it the right way um is a coin flip as to whether or not it'll work out um with you know because you don't know that you'll more likely than not you won't be able to find the quarterback um in the future. By the way, I want to just add that Ron Rivera said. And this is something that you and I have both talked about. That they're not looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick right now as just a one-year solution. You know, he's like, if he plays well, I mean, he could play for us, you know, beyond next year. Of course, I sure. mean, uh, th- there's no reason to think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is just a one-year solution. It could turn out that way. I'm not suggesting that it's impossible that it turn it turns out that way. I'm just saying that if he plays at the level that he's played at the last two years, this upcoming year then there's a really good possibility he's your starting quarterback in 2022 as well. Um, Beyond that, though, building it the right way is just so um – it's it's just not an it's not aggressive enough for me i've watched too much football as all of you have to watch teams build it the right way. Look sometimes it works out, and sometimes you know you end up with a franchise like Baltimore who's really without ever having a truly elite quarterback and uh, you know what, however you want to describe Lamar Jackson now has been such a well run franchise and they've had great defenses and they've had a culture and they've had an identity. And they've won two Super Bowls, and they've been a contender for a long period of time. And you can point to, you know, Baltimore. Um, but you can Seattle. point... Yeah, yeah, but Seattle's had an elite quarterback. Seattle's great success has come they, with an elite when they, quarterback.
2: When they acquired that elite quarterback in the third round... They were they still a good build, franchise. They, they were building it the right way. They had dudes. Yeah, they were good... Washington fran- has dudes. Yeah,
1: they were a good franchise that had not won a Super Bowl. They got to one with Matt Hassel back. They got to one. Um, and, you know, you can, you can find those sorts of things. But the bottom line is, you know, the way, the, the way to not make it like a 50 50 coin flip on building it the right way is to land on, in lucky fashion, the elite quarterback. Or go get one when they actually mm-hmm. are available, and they're not readily available, like they're never really available. You know, they had the opportunity with Peyton Manning back in twenty twelve, but Peyton Manning had the neck injury, etc., and nobody knew. Um, Tom Brady, you know, off of an average year in New England at forty two years old, goes forty three years old, but by the way, joins a a team with a really good young defense and a, more more weapons offensively. Um yep. for sure. Uh and they win the Super Bowl. Um Washington just I, I I'm not sure everybody thinks about it this way, but it's the way I think about most things. If Washington added Aaron Rodgers for that deal, Tampa Bay would be the favorite to win the NFC championship in advance to the Super Bowl at plus two fifty plus three hundred. Washington would be the second favorite at like plus four fifty. They would be the second favorite to win the NFC Championship and go to the Super Bowl. They would be slightly ahead probably of the Rams and Niners, you know, um, but they would be behind Tampa. A a lot of people say, you know, you put them in front of Tampa. No, you don't. Tampa was so good on defense at the end of last year, and they've got weapons, and they were getting better. Tampa would be the favorite, but Washington would be the the second favorite and be picked to be playing in the NFC Championship game against Tom Brady for the right to go to the Super Bowl. The last time that Washington had expectations that high. It's only happened one time in 29 or 30 years, and that was 2000, when they went out on the free spend for Bruce Smith and Deion, Deion Sanders and Jeff George and Mark Carrier, et cetera. And they were coming off a playoff season, and people thought, wow, Washington just added all those stars and free agency. Nobody knew what, what you know kind of owner Dan Snyder was at that point. And they were picked as one of the teams that was going to contend for an NFC title. If you add Aaron Rodgers for that, for the next three years, you the expectations are you're going to be playing in the NFC championship game or further. Yeah. Sign Keep in mind, up for that, that.
2: That's, that's the only goal.
1: The Super Bowl and getting to the Super Bowl is the only goal. My point is
2: – The only goal for an organization should be winning a Super Bowl. I know you all, everyone wants to win or have a chance to win Super Bowls for a long period of time, but winning a Super Bowl is hard. And this organization, Washington, that should be the only goal. is: Can we find a way to win a Super Bowl right now? Aaron Rodgers would be it. And yes, I would give up that stuff. I would make those trades.
1: Sheehan, so you'd take just three years of contending – for building it the right way and having a chance to contend for ten years, yes, because the contending for ten years is fifty fifty at best fifty fifty it's probably less than that well we can just go find we can go get the quarterback when we need the quarterback next year or the year after really what do you mean you can just go get the quarterback this dude threw forty eight touchdowns and five picks last year. Led his team to a 13-3 record. He's 26-6 as a starter the last two years. He's been in back-to-back NFC title games. They played a juggernaut defense in San Francisco two years ago. And last year, they, they certainly had a chance, and they were the favorites at Lambeau, to advance to the Super Bowl. You don't want to be playing in that Sunday, 6.30 on Fox, NFC title game. It's the Washington football team with Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady and the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC title game because you think you might get to something over the next 10 years? You're insane. That is, I just, I put a poll out with the parameters of the trade that Barnwell put out this morning, and I'm happy that, you know, we're 4,000 votes in, 67.3% said yes, of course you make that deal, 32.7, so basically a third think no. Neil and Rockville, you know, our good friend. Just saying, you can't do that. I mean, this guy's a diva and cap space, and you know Snyder will get in the middle of the relationship and fuck it up. Look, all of that stuff. And by the way, Rogers probably, even though I bet he respects Rivera, I bet that this is not an organization that he's going to want to come to. Matt Lafleur is, you know, I, I, you know, there are going to be people that are going to say. Dude, the problem is, is that this guy's going to get back involved and he's going to muck it up for everybody, and you're going to be just miserable playing in that toxic
2: organization. It's, Maybe, not, to- it's not toxic but right now. Chances, yeah, yeah, chances are that they muck it up, and chances are that it doesn't go right. But chances are more likely, in my opinion, that the season starts, he starts winning games, your team builds confidence, and you have a real shot, and a real shot in the playoffs because you have a legit dude who's been there as a quarterback. Yeah, and you got a you got a big time defense. I, I think that I I don't know if Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere and has d- true respect for anyone. I don't think he's going to come in and have great respect for Turner or Rivera or bow down to. Like, I don't think he cares. I think Rodgers comes in and goes, "I'm going to play. Okay, I'm going to come in and I'm going to I'll make plays. That's me." But. I'll deal with that for three years because I think he's so damn good.
1: Yeah, and for those that are saying, well, you're going you know, to keep him, you're going to have to unload some players. You're not going to be able to re-sign you know, Montez Sweat. Okay. <laughs> and and so you well, can't –
2: Then put, put Duran Payne into the trade, and then you don't have to do a deal with Duran Payne. Uh, well, whatever. Instead I... of Ionitis, who did a really friendly deal, who I think is comparable to Duron Payne, Just put John Payne into the deal.
1: Yeah. Well, whatever. Um, The point is, give me three, four years of Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, I'll take that uh, versus what's behind door number two, um, Mister Monty Um, Hall. All right. Uh, Thanks for doing this. I know you got to go. We're done. Uh, Back tomorrow with Tommy.
4: It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust.